Okay, shall we? Do it. <laughs> you have, you've sunk out of frame. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking really hard. <laughs> that's, that's an awesome habit to get into. All right, well, <laughs> it's the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast. My name is Todd Mitchell, and there is my friend John Scheiber. Welcome once again, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I am hanging in there. We're both tired dads at the end of a long day. It's yeah, it's we don't get a break right now. I don't get any breaks at all. My son isn't sleeping well, so I'm just sort of parenting twenty four seven. Good luck. <laughs> That's okay. I know it's not any easier for you. You are uh, up to two kids now. It's 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 okay because like I explained to you um at an earlier point, the other one has shown a great deal of independence it's pretty it's pretty nice so it's a welcoming addition to her attitude i was a little concerned yeah uh, but no it's cool man it kind of surprises you make you a little proud you know it, but anyway yeah, it's got to be nice to see because you don't know what's going to happen when you go into that second kid and you can't go back you can't mm-hmm. dial it back once you're there so uh you, you kind of hope the the uh, first kid will fall in line and it sounds like yours is that's encouraging and the very last dabbing out I'll do for this podcast is to say this. The second kid things that you hear, like, you just feel different. Yeah. Not necessarily taking it nonchalant, but, like, a lot of your fears are kind of diminished. That is 100% true, and you have way more fun when they're little. <laughs> I believe it's, that. It feels like a much more relaxing experience because every little chirp and square, squirm and wiggle and jiggle, it doesn't, you know, make you look. Yeah. You're kind of like, ah, 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 this ain't my first rodeo, buddy. You better start coughing real hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've enforced a new rule in the family here lately, which is do not make that sound unless you're actually choking. <laughs> yes. Especially while Thank I'm driving. You. I'll be flying down the interstate and I hear in the background, I hear like, <laughs> and I turn around, he's like laughing. But he's got like a cheese it in his mouth, and I don't know where it came from, and it's a whole thing. <laughs> and you don't remember the last time you bought any cheese? <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't have cheese its. I don't know if somebody gave you a cheese it. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah, exactly that. Uh, so last week we talked about some controversial topics. We discussed the Arena Net firing of their two Guild Wars two uh, writers. That has continued to escalate on social media. We've had a lot of feedback from that. And I was especially harsh on one person, and I went in that show, and I went on for quite some time, and I I feel sort of a responsibility to make a little bit of an apology. Uh, I was not at all fair to Norm MacDonald during that show. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm I'm sorry to Norm. That's not cool. (laughs) Can we get him on the show? I'd I'd like him to to come on the show and accept my formal apology. <laughs> I think that's the least he can do. Oh, it takes a big perfect. man to say when he's wrong, and I am that big man. So yes, and anyway. we all know Norm Macdonald likes big men. <laughs> we we didn't really catch any heat. Like people did discuss that those topics with us, but we didn't really. Uh, I think everyone respected the approach we took to it. It wasn't that we came here to go like, yay Gamergate or yay feminist causes. I, I don't feel the need to take a side because of who I am or who someone else is. It, it was fun to just discuss the things from the perspective of like, if you're a game developer or you're in the game industry somehow, how should you conduct business? 
And I think people really uh, took that to heart. We did we did have a couple of people go like, yeah, this is just like what they did to Star Wars. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. Because uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit about any of that. <laughs> uh, otherwise, yeah. it was, it was a, a good week, and I, I think people respected that. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, and I have seen some of the Star Wars stuff. So I do understand a little bit of that crowd, but I don't know, guys. I, I haven't seen any of the new Star Wars stuff at all, so that's how little oh, I care about that. You just edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. This is. Not, I should be clear. I didn't mean to pause there. This is not an invitation to discuss Star Wars. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're we're, we're let's back. <laughs> I, I, no, I, what I was saying is it comes up, and that's a red flag right away. Like we're headed the wrong direction. So if I get too much Star Wars talk. I'll probably backpedal a little bit and go a different different route. That's that's perfectly acceptable. But anyways, yeah, so good feedback. I saw some of that. You shared some of that. It was pretty fun, man. I like seeing that. I, it's encouraging when people reach out and say whatever. In this case, it was, hey, we really respect the time you guys took with this and the way you didn't let one side or the other sort of run away with your emotions. Mm-hmm. And there isn't a whole lot of that. And I do agree with that because I've seen both sides just go completely crazy with this. And there's not much like, let's really break down what happened and decide what we can all take away from this. So hopefully we yeah. provided a little bit of that for anybody who wants it. Yeah. I had something cool happen today that was not related to anything recent on the site or in the podcast at all. Some people have seen, some people have not. I did a story on CodeWriteplay.com about an old... PC game that no one has played that just happened to have really cool music that I've, I've played some of it for you and you were impressed by it, but it, the it's game super is, cool. <laughs> the game is extreme paint brawl. And I'm going to pull up this story on the site here. Uh, maybe not. It's Google re- docs sucks. It's really neat. Um, it reminds me of something akin to Vince DiCola. Vince DiCola did the soundtrack for Rocky four, um, which is some of my favorite Rocky music. Uh, for the record, and then he did the original animated Transformers movie cartoon soundtrack. Right. And um, the the extreme paintball music to me um, seems inspired by that era and that style of music. That very I don't know what to call it, like eighties epic action movie montage. There, you know what I mean? Right. We we <laughs> yeah. talked about this and and I guess the takeaway here is just that it's fun to look back at old soundtracks and things that sort of had an impact on you when games were much even more influential in your life. You're growing up in this impressionable yeah. time and the music means a lot to you. So I <laughs> this this game Extreme Paint Brawl which I have up on the screen, the article is called The Legend of Extreme Paint Brawl's Mysterious Soundtrack and I said that because the music didn't seem like it fit the game that well. A lot of people agree with this and you could put the game in your CD player and it would just play this like whole, it felt like half an album and it was hard to track down any information at the time because we're talking like late nineties, early two thousands. And so I think I walked through my basement one night, came across this disc and went, I would love to find out anything I can about the origin of that music and to put sort of a, a label on it like we were trying to do a moment ago. I this guy was like guitar god meets like dream theatery type of thing with like barnyard animals. The, the guy had a, a, a serious love of uh keyboard sounds and effects and stuff and, and it was just this magical 
explosion of music in your brain. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I found this stuff on YouTube. I looked in comments and saw who I could track down. And uh, in the, the story here, I'll scroll down a little bit. I tracked down the guy's name was Todd Duane who apparently did this music. He has a Wikipedia uh, paragraph or two, and I was able to sort of look through some websites and stuff, and I found this soundtrack on, uh, what was it? I think it was iTunes. And it was not, like, this is the Extreme Paint Brawl soundtrack. It was just one of this this guy's albums. At the end of this journey, I found that they had just put, like, half of this guy's album straight into this game. And it was just like, if you're in-game, bloop, it just plays one of your tracks. But the music was so cool. Like, I was so excited to get to the bottom of this. And oh. uh, so, long story short, today I'm on Facebook and I find I find some traffic hitting the site. And it goes back to this Facebook post. This guy found this article somehow. And posted it on his personal Facebook page, or his, uh, I guess his official Facebook page. And we've gotten some traffic from there, which was so cool. The guy, the guy's great. The game sucks. Everyone agrees, but (laughs) the guy is cool. Puts out awesome music. So check out this article on the site. Check out the guy's music and go, uh, he's still recording stuff. He promotes stuff all the time. And so I thought it was cool that he, he used this as a means to get the word out. Yeah. That is so, that is pretty cool, man. And uh, it's an, it's just neat to, like you said, relive some of the classic stuff. And, and as you're talking about music and games and sounds and different stuff, memories are coming back, fond memories. Right. I mean, you're, you're a music guy. I would love to get this guy on the show sometime and just chit-chat about the old days and how he got involved in this kind of stuff and, and what his process was like. I guess really in this case, his process was to record a studio album and tell somebody like, yes, for the following amount of money, you can use this, this CD. It was, I can't remember if it was right before or right after the album actually came out. I think it was like a few months after the album comes out, it's featured as the game's music. To this day, you never hear about stuff like that. No, no, that's pretty cool, man. Right. It's. I like, would love that that happened. Yeah, he. I think he was a solo artist at the time, and so he did all of the tracks and all of the everything. And for this to work out like that, that's got to feel pretty good. You would. You would hope the game would do better. <laughs> but yeah, you. I mean, you would, but it's still pretty cool, man. I never got to try it. It wouldn't run on my dad's computer, but. But so I, I felt great about that because I actually wrote a lot of like very personal, very flattering things about this guy's work. And I would never just find the guy and be like, your work was really important to my formative years. But instead he got to read yeah. if he read the thing. Organically. He, he might have just copy pasted it, it. I don't know. It was but, a very organic experience. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, if, <laughs> yeah. It feels good when you don't have to go plaster your own stuff on somebody's page and be like, uh, I wrote this thing at this place, and I would love if you would read it. Uh, that stuff feels terrible. Nobody likes that. Nah. I think I mentioned to you, I did have a guy hit us in the DMs on Twitter like, oh, no, he didn't. He tracked down my email address for the website, Coder I Play, and he's like, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I think exactly what your audience needs is sort of a primer on how to promote themselves on Twitch and YouTube uh, which I happen to be an expert on. And I think they could really benefit from an interview with me because <laughs> I'm a social media influencer and I, <laughs> I wasn't, I was never going to consider having this guy on the show because that is ridiculous. But I looked at Twitter and he has a smaller following than I do. And I don't mm. have that big of a Twitter following, but, uh, ugh. 
Don't say influencer to me. Just pro tip. <laughs> that <laughs> that may influencer. Um, it's so it's so generic that it, it the potential to be poisonous is too yeah it's too powerful. It's it's almost worse than that. To me, it's like worse than calling yourself a professional. It's like calling yourself a champion. It's like, I'm a social media champion, and uh, I'm willing to allow you to interview me. It's like, shut up. I don't I'm a social that. media black belt, and uh, <laughs> I'm going yeah, to teach you some moves. I'd like to teach you guys some Twitch jiu-jitsu. Please, just, just tell, me what, tell me what you're promoting, actually. I don't mind listening to what you're promoting. Like, he was launching some product. Tell me about that, and if I'm interested, we'll talk. I wasn't interested in that, but we could have at least had a conversation. I didn't even reply to this guy. I thought that hey, was awful. Maybe it works. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not working for him. Anyway, <laughs> I, I guess I guess no one from there has ever contacted you. It works. Oh, that. Oh no, the actual <laughs> the actual uh, MLM thing. It works. That's. I tried to sneak a pun in there. That's what I was getting at. It, it worked. It went over my head. That was that was good. <laughs> a girl from my old boxing gym did that stuff, and it was really funny because we, we were a pretty close knit group in the boxing gym, and like the people who came in the early morning, which is when I went, and. We all knew she was part of that, and she never really talked about it, but, like, I tried to friend everybody on Facebook because, like, sometimes the coach would ask me to send messages to people and stuff, and we would just all coordinate times. Uh, she she would not accept my friend request, so that made me feel creepy just for trying to, like, yeah. reach out. And then uh, he tried to sort of toss her a lead in front of me one time, which I thought was gross, but somebody was talking about, like, I'm trying to lose weight and get in better shape and stuff, and he's like, oh, she does this it works thing, and <laughs> she walked straight out of the gym for a minute, comes back in with a business card, and gives, like, the angriest pitch I've ever seen. It was like, uh, yes, I do this, yes, it does actually work, yes, you can call me at that number, and she walked back out and left. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, she does that, and she's been involved in that for years, and she's made a ton of money and all this stuff. I'm like, why is she so unhappy? (laughs) Yeah. That's That's my only only exposure to that, except for um, we had... We had, uh, you know, Zapata's in Collinsville? Yeah. It's a Mexican restaurant for those who are not from Collinsville. I was with my family when a big, like, conference for this It Works thing broke for lunch, and that was the scariest experience of my life. Like, that big group of green-clad women coming in and just, like, it was like Woo Girl Fest 20, I don't know, 15 it was just like it the room like was a buzz. They were like, all, you said they were all green, right? That was their color, right? Yeah, they had the bright green shirts and stuff, yeah. It would make you think that you were looking at the uh, claw machine from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were all plastered with, uh, like, slogans and stuff. It really does work in, like, uh, you know, financial if you freedom need, and stuff. Uh. If you ever need a thumbnail, if you ever need a thumbnail, that's a thumbnail. <laughs> It works on so many levels, and I, I I can't stop saying it works now. I know. I would have liked John. This is the but, thing I'm not a paid sponsor. No, I would never. <laughs> but, 
but it works on that level because the little green guys are kind of like this weird cult, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's dude. Exactly. It's perfect. And you could put all the different wa- pyramid uh, schemes. Oh my god. Anyways, so this is evolving rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I still. I've said this before, but I still want to create one day a uh, multi-level marketing sim game. I think the best thing is to like have randomly offered products that you can pick one and then try to build your uh, culty network thing and decide who to try to exploit and who to try to recruit and all this. I think it'd be fun. The moral of the story, of course, would be that this is all bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be very unpopular after that. I'm I'm doing a little side avenue. I'm notorious for this. Something you said triggered me and made me think of playing the Stardew multiplayer recently. By the way, it is fantastic, except for it is done in the style of communism, and the host is the one that gets all of the money, no matter who sells anything. And when you buy anything, it comes out of the host's money. So if you want to... If you want to know, like, do a communism simulator and find out how much it sucks, you can play the Stardew Valley multiplayer. <laughs> I think That's they're so going to change. I think they're going to change it, but right now it it's kind of a fun zap uh, for the multiplayer because you feel you feel like a slave. You play a farm game where <laughs> well, you, right, yeah. you feel like a slave. Is that new? I didn't know they had multiplayer in Stardew Valley. Yeah, it's an opt-in beta on Steam. Okay. It's, it's cool, cool that they're working on that, but yeah, that's it's cool. <laughs> it seemed like someone had a uh, a hidden agenda of their own. Dot dot dot. It was just the simplest way to implement it. I don't know. <laughs> I I first got the idea to do a, a strategy game like that because of my old Apple Two C. In like, I got mine decades late. It was already like two thousand something, but uh, it had a disc that had what looked like a game. I think it was even labeled as a game, but all it was was like a gambling simulator. And it, it wasn't actually a game in, in that it was not like interactive. It had a built-in set of rules about like what you would bet on. Like, I think it was something like blackjack or something like you had this set set of parameters and rules about what you would automatically do in each situation. And it would show you like in a couple of seconds how you would end up. And of course you would, every time you would lose like a hundred thousand dollars or something, but like every great once in a while, it'd be like, you earned half a million. It it was thought provoking. At least I'll say that. I don't really know who that was intended for. Like here, kids (laughs) pay pay attention to this or like just an interesting, like programming project for someone. I could probably look it up, but uh, that I guess in a way that kind of stuck with me, like, wouldn't it be interesting to uh, create, actual sim games that were like that that i guess it's maybe not fair because ultimately i would be trying to impart certain messages but i don't i don't know i don't think people hesitate to do stuff like that in their games yeah yeah it's true i guess the fairest approach would be to again decide on those parameters set up my own rules and then if my own game proves me wrong about my my hypotheses about these things then fine so be it you know let's all let's all play the game and see how it goes that's an interesting approach yeah, I, I don't know. It's just something to, something to think about. Anyway, I have been sort of scouring the net and places game developers go to see what's on everyone's mind. And have you looked into this, the modders who fixed the, the bug from Aliens Colonial Marines? No, I know nothing about this. This is cool. I'm going to pull this up on screen real quick. Yeah, here it is. This is an article at javadoc md that's weird (laughs) i didn't look at what domain that was from so the story here is that some dedicated 
testers who were trying to make, I guess they were trying to work on mods for this game that's already been released uh, years ago, February 2013, by Gearbox. So the situation is that they came out with this game, it was sort of panned by critics, and nobody was really sure what was up with the AI in the game. It turns out that what was up with the aliens in this game was that there was a one-letter typo in a config file that, if if unfixed, caused the aliens themselves to act uh, half-stupid. Like, they would just run around in circles, and they would pop off screen and stuff like that. But if you fix this one-letter typo that Gearbox never, never found, they would suddenly do what they were designed to do the entire time. And it was found by these these uh, players, basically. What in the world? Yeah, this was cool because I got to talk about this at work because we're discussing the merits of automated testing and whether it's something we want to pursue. And I said, here's an interesting story in the news right now where they decided that automated testing could have found this issue that instead they missed for years, had this existing bug for years. And uh, later on, some users found it and went, I can't believe you guys didn't find this typo. Wow. Yeah. That's that's wild. I thought that was fascinating. So uh, Reddit is having a lot of fun with this, and actually there are a lot of people make, making arguments both ways, going like, automated testing is too big of a time sink. I don't know that we'll ever get to a point on this podcast where we really dig in and talk about something like automated testing. I don't know if I guess if it was by, be cool. by like popular request, I guess we could. But if we, yeah, I guess I guess if we got into like a live stream, we really made some progress on a game and wanted to talk about different ways you could run tests on it. Yeah, maybe maybe we would. But automated testing is a thing, and this was an interesting case for it. I'll throw this in the show notes, but you, you can find this anywhere. Like everybody's talking about this right now because in the last few days they fixed this. Since you know 2013, it's been a bug that's been out there. It's it's fascinating to me because this would have probably significantly increased the scores that this game got. Like, you wow. know, Metacritic and review scores and stuff. Like, they probably took a beating because of this what, one character typo. Wow. And now it makes me um, extremely curious about this game because when you talk about games that were fond to you when you were young, uh, Aliens vs. Predator. Yeah. That was a super cool pc game and i would love to experience that with like basically that same thing reskinned better level designs and new sound i'd take that exact same game it would be an amazing multiplayer experience i don't know mm. if you played that game you Did know you... what i think that's the one is is that the one that they gave away for free for a while on good old games i have no idea let me explain a little bit of it to you and it'll it'll pop into your head you could do like the campaign and then they each three had a different small campaign the marine the predator and the xenomorph you could be each one of them and then you could play skirmish modes where you could just go in as the xeno the predator or the marine and you could fight whatever set of randomly generated enemies you want so many predators so many aliens and uh they would just come in waves and it was awesome I was like, man, if they had a, that same world today and you had a multiplayer game like that where you could have player characters being the aliens, oh my gosh, I would love it. I like that universe. I like that universe. So anyways, 
Now, could they work in, like, Battle Royale mode, possibly? Where <laughs> you drop in as the Ceno. <laughs> Parts of the ship break off every couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of... I'm sure they would try. I, I think to answer the question, I think this is a game that I didn't play at the time, but caught up just recently with it. So I didn't get to spend a ton of time with it, but I, I do think that I played it for a few minutes and was like, yeah, this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Something else I found, which is... I think cool because we get to give a little shout out to uh, a hometown company, uh, Riot Games. Their engineering team put out an interesting story on their approach to anti-cheat in what? Uh, League of Legends? Is that right? What's their their popular? I think that's what I'm looking at. Okay. <laughs> I, I should know that. Um, this is <laughs> this is funny. Our our realtor keeps talking to me about how he sold a house to uh i don't one of the founders of of riot he's like would you like to have lunch with this guy i'm like yes i really would but i doubt that he would want to have lunch with me yeah (laughs) it's like oh what do you do uh i'm a indie journalist and game developer and run a podcast about the game industry where we track news and you have to go okay thanks for your time (laughs) I i can't imagine that going like I think I would probably lie. I wouldn't lie, but I would just tell him about my day job. Like, oh, I'm a software guy. I, I do contracts. And no yeah. big deal. What, what did you Make say? It... Video James? Video games? What's that like? Video James. Tell me about video. that. Who is this video James and where do I see him? <laughs> this is cool, though, because Riot has done really well. I, I think they started in St. Louis and now they're worldwide. They've got, uh, and they still do quite a bit in the St. Louis area. Um, they're also very good to the local uh, indie scene. They, I think this is I think this is true that they uh, occasionally provide areas for the uh, local co-op to meet, and I think they uh, kick in on like local game festivals and stuff. They're they're good folks. It's cool. Yeah. So the interesting thing here, I say interesting too much. The cool ass shit. They talked about they they have this big online competitive we're talking like esports level game here and so of course anti cheat technology is crucial and their engineering people really really went into some great detail let me full screen this here about the types of cheats they see the scripting stuff that they deal with their philosophy on the whole thing I love stuff like this this is really cool yeah. if if you're technical minded and you're interested in this kind of thing. Yeah, League of Legends.exe here. Okay. So I, I would advise people to check this out at engineering.riotgames.com. I love when big studios do blogs and stuff like this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You, you've you said that you love when, like, the Killing Floor guys do stuff like this. You're, you're into this as well. It's really cool. It makes you feel, um, and that situation I respect from following it from the beginning, um, it's neat to see a dev plan things out, get it done, interact with the community. It's, it's been a really cool, uh, especially watching that Killing Floor one. They were very open and put a lot of cool stuff out there, man. And uh, I think for anyone wanting to develop games, you could go look at some of their, their Steam community posts that they make. Don't look at yeah. any of the ones <laughs> people make. Don't even. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's cool, man. I, w- I was going to say, it might even be more interesting for Tripwire because they're steeped in controversy like every other day. 
Yeah, um, well, Riot has controversy you... because the the shitbags who play League of Legends and want to be racist and stupid and stuff, and Riot shuts it down every time. Like, yep, they had to ban this guy for life, ban that guy for life. I don't find that as compelling as like Tripwire gets caught up in like you guys were doing early access and then you put out the following products and you haven't finished your game and like okay that's worth reading about. Yes, yes, and since we're even beyond that, uh, the other point that I was going to make is they've continued still to do good community updates, tell you what's coming up exactly like it was when it was in early access, and that's super cool to me too. Mm-hmm. They really take that community management position seriously, and uh, it's been encouraging, man, just to see some devs out there that seem like they really do care about their game and want to listen to the community. It's messy. But that's life. <laughs> it's it's a messy life, yes. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about that before the show is done, too. Since we're talking about anti-cheat stuff, I wanted to uh, drag and drop this old article of mine on the screen. Uh, if, you were, if you had access to my screen, which you don't, you would see the Game Genie for Super Nintendo box pop up on the screen here. <laughs> I, I wrote this for Zam.com, which is currently rebranding their site to be called Ready, Set... And I can assure you I was not consulted on that decision. <laughs> but anyway. So th- this <laughs> this is called The Increasingly Complex World of Cheating in Video Games. And I wanted to do this because it would give me a chance to talk about stuff like the old... Uh, like the origins of the Konami code and the rise of the Game Genie and like lawsuits that, that happened as a result. And I've got uh, cool printouts of like old game manuals and stuff. I, I loved writing this and I loved working on this and this got some of the weirdest hate mail you've ever heard of. And they <laughs> <laughs> the site deleted it. They they, oh! they douched it out of the comments section. I, I think they've actually nuked all their comments like across the board. Whoa. These these guys have some haters and some of it's fair, some of it's not, but uh so I lost some of my favorite hate mail of all time when this article went by the wayside. Damn. But where where these two things cross paths is when you get into some of the esports stuff, the microtransaction stuff, you start talking about games that are worth a ton of money to function right. And studios are so much more invested than ever in uh, keeping the cheating at bay. So it's it's not, <laughs> you know, you notice you, you see the opposite now. You don't see Game Genie. You see Blizzard sue a guy because he created a cheat for World of Warcraft or uh, Overwatch yeah. or something. So yeah. it, it's been a fantastic transition that's taken place. Fascinating stuff to me, and I, I enjoyed researching that, and this was fun to write. You can find that at readyset.zam.com, and I will note, I'll note that in the show notes. That's cool. Yeah. The rest of the time, I was going to spend on some questions from around the web because we... We've had great feedback lately. We, we've run into great questions and hypotheticals and stuff. So if you want to, we can talk about what the community is talking about this week. Absolutely. So, because otherwise I have no plans and the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, like I said, I've, I've been on Reddit and more than just hunt and peck through uh, individual little questions we could sort of chime in on that I thought are worth discussing. I wanted to sort of gauge the overall tone of game developers on Reddit, particularly indies, because they do have professionals and, and AAA people who contribute to that. But a lot of times it's smaller groups and soloists. And I am noticing a ton of questions about not crunch, 
and not like organization, but overcoming burnout. And I thought that was interesting because it's sort of a departure from the normal discussion. But these are people who go, I did this and I did this and I did this and I, I like I broke my brain. I don't know how to get back into it. A lot of them seem to be asking the same question, like basically just what do you do to get yourself back into it and get productive again, which I respect because a lot of people go, well, that's when I found out this wasn't for me or, you know, I need to go back to Walmart and do, you know, my my shift overnight in the stock room. But I really wanna... didn't mind the smell of the inside of the subway. <laughs> right. <laughs> Suddenly, I don't mind Jimmy John's anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on getting back into something after you've burnt out. Because, I mean, we've all been there to some degree. Absolutely. One guy said, I went way too far and I got into a horrible car accident. And he, he refused to elaborate. <laughs> I was like, how did you go from tough project to car accident and one person asked him like could you please elaborate on how this got you into a car accident and the person refused to go into those details i don't you could make a case like it made me fall asleep or i was texting about something or what but for those who have not gotten into car accidents how do you overcome burnout i have gotten into a car accident but it did not overcome burnout (laughs) oh same here yeah (laughs) um burnt out on safety yeah So getting getting burnt out, there's so many ways to attack this. I mean, some some of the things that come to me right away is that like I have to stop the process and just walk away from a little bit. And games, there there's a lot of coding and, and computer stuff. Yes, there's, it's very technical. Yeah. Um, but then all, part of it is still, at the end of the day, is creative. I have to remind myself of that when I do music production. It's very technical, but still, at the end of the day, it's something that's creative. And I believe that you have just a limit to how much you can tap into that. I don't have any kind of medical or scientific reasoning. It's just through trial and error. I feel like you have a limit to how much you can tap that part of your consciousness, I guess, for lack of a better term. And you just it just gets dull yeah. and and you got to just stop and just when, when enough is enough. Now, when you're in a situation where you still got to churn things out, you've got to get into, and you've brought this up before and it's a great time for it to be brought up again. And it is just doing something like put something in that place, put something there and come back, polish it later. That's in the mode where if you have to get something, you have to meet a deadline, but you need to, continue yeah just just stick something in there you know i throw dumb stuff in in a song and a riff and my mix uh even ones that people ask me to do for their projects and it's like yeah just stick something in there right now nobody it's not gonna see a light of day yet just get something in there fill that little gap move on keep yeah. building sometimes when that ball finally does get rolling you also don't want to stagnate it it's such a tough balance Yeah, I want to put a fine point on some of the stuff we've talked about before on the show. Like, you know, I'm kind of a hard ass when it comes to you wanted the job, now do the job. Oh, yeah. I think that mindset is important, but I would never be so bold as to say uh, burnout isn't real. It certainly is. Or that burnout has to be ignored. I don't think that's the case. There are two kinds of burnout, the kind that you're going to just have to tough out. And then the Mm -hmm. kind that you have some space to deal with. And I think when you can 
allow yourself a little breathing room, I think it's a good idea because it, it, it usually means something. It's something is you're not, you're not being healthy or, uh, something. We, we don't always know what entirely is going on with our body or our situation. Like sometimes, sometimes there's a good reason for that. Like, ah, oh, my finger hurts cause it's on a stove, you know? Yeah. So totally. Well, and also, and also, uh, sorry to interrupt and, and jump in there, but uh, you spurred this on to me because do you consider yourself an introverted person? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am too. So, yeah. yeah. And so another thing that becomes difficult that is very real, and I know all the introverted people that are listening to this are going to be like, yeah, exactly. That kind of energy that you have to put out and these certain capacities too come into that or – you know, affect that in any way. And sometimes that just, it's that itself, you know, it may not even be your project. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, it just might be because maybe in order for you to work on it, you have to kind of break into that shell. You know what I mean? And I, this is a fine point you're making right now. And sometimes that is the thing that's, that you need to let heal. This is, it's funny that you mentioned that because Having recently like left the traditional workplace to to work remotely or to be indie for a while or to be a stay at home dad as I was for a short time, um, I I got to really study this from new perspectives that I didn't have the opportunity to look at before. I I find myself now like I do stuff like this like podcasting. I don't mm -hmm. want to get socially rusty because that doesn't benefit me or my family or anything if I. If I go out to Target no. and I can't explain to the cashier that I don't see a tag on this item, like that, I don't need to devolve in that way. <laughs> but we're we're moving, and as you've seen on Facebook, like we've picked out certain items that we don't want to take with us, and we're looking for good homes for stuff. And I've already had one session where, like, you know, my wife sleeps during the day, works at night, so I'm having to facilitate these pickups with like family members I don't necessarily know very well and stuff like that. And I've already had a session where. Her cousin by marriage, who I had never met, was going to swing by the house and she wanted to pick up several things. Super nice girl, very excited to get these these items from us. And like when that 10 minute interaction, hi, I'm, I'm Todd, how are you? Let me help you load this stuff into the car. It's great to see you. Nice to meet you, all this stuff. I come back in the house and I turn around like, first, this is so, like, introverted life is so weird. Like at First I turn around and go like, man, I really knocked that out of the park. When most people would go like, Okay, that there they go. And yeah. on on to something else. Like I sit there and actually think about like that social transaction that just took place. I performed well. <laughs> it's like it is tiring. Like it's tiring for people. Like it is. Us. <laughs> it is. And it, you, it really is. If you have a a project like this, like when I went to GDC to interview people I didn't know. I'm I'm not really an interviewer. I've been a journalist. I've done interviews over like Skype chat, stuff like that. That was an exhausting week when I was already sick. But yeah, so burnout like that is worth taking seriously. Now, you're you're growing as a person during stuff like that. It's good for you to feel uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> sometimes within cer certain constraints. But if it's burnout, you can do something about. Stuff that I've talked about on the show before is if you're creating a game and you find yourself really going down these rabbit holes of polishing certain assets and stuff like that. I tell people don't do that. When you have stuff where you can come back and take another pass at redrawing something, uh, creating a better sound file, stuff like that, you need to leave as much of that like low-hanging fruit 
in the future as possible because you're going to get into a technical bug where your your stage loader loader doesn't work the way you expect and you don't know why because it's under the hood in Unity and you can't get the right support and you're freaking out and it's stressful or you're not sleeping well. Recently on Twitter there was a, a webcomic about the lives of developers where we work 20 hours a day and then we turn in at night and it shows the guy's soul basically leaving his body and goes right back to the desk to like work on the problem mentally you know while he sleeps and i thought yeah that's and it was clear that resonated with like everyone but that's the kind of thing and if, if you can take that time where you go like somebody still wants to see this at the end of the week if you can go and polish some stuff for a while and collect some of that low-hanging fruit you saved you'll save your own life like yeah you'll, you'll come back ready to go maybe things have been knocking around in your brain for a while but like that's why you do want to leave some of that stuff in the future now the other kind of burnout is like i've really fucked up it is possible to go like i just pushed way too hard i'm yeah. sick like you i've i've gotten into into development projects at work where it was like i worked so hard put in so much overtime my body physically couldn't like fight germs correctly. And the minute that I turned in a deliverable, I got like super ill. <laughs> like wow. flu, cold, whatever it was, like my barrier just was non-existent. So I don't think that's just like complainer type stuff. Like there's, there's truth to that. I've experienced yeah, it. I know other people totally. do as well. My wife, my poor long suffering wife, you know, she's like a type a planner. No one is more organized uh, I, I'm sure she feels like no one around her can ever do their job ever because she's just got more capacity for that than anyone. She could have built this entire goddamn house by herself because yeah. <laughs> uh, she knows where the vendors are, where they're supposed to be. And like no one on the project knows as much about this as her. She catches all the errors on the contracts and all the stuff. So when we were getting married, we had a pretty fancy wedding planned and uh, <laughs> there were a lot of pieces that had to come together and like, the day before the ceremony, she burst a blood vessel in her eye and she looked like she'd been shot in the face. <laughs> like it was like, oh. and, and like she was the most beautiful bride on earth and it pretty much cleared up before the ceremony. But like Good. she, she came to me and like the entire side of her eye was blood red. I was like, Oh my God, what happened? Wow. <laughs> like it looked, it looked like she had physically had trauma to the eyeball. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. The Bible talks about Jesus praying fervently until he bled from the head, like sweated blood. And I, I don't necessarily think that was just metaphorical speaking, like humans can be put into incredibly stressful situations where your body shows it like a billboard. Yeah. Then it's time to cool off. <laughs> if you get into a situation, you're throwing up or whatever it is, knock it the fuck off for a little while. Like you've got to chill out. My my uh th the, my thorn in the flesh, if you will, is migraines. I'm a sufferer of migraines, and the older oh. I get, and the more things I add to my life, the more I get them, and uh, they're starting to flare up again. I've had some issues this week, and uh, Monday I woke up with a headache, like a low grade one that I kept all day, and it, since I've had some pretty bad ones, I could deal with it. But uh, God, I hate those things, dude. That, and when I've never I had one, when I don't take care of myself. And and don't um, don't put myself first in the correct way. Okay, yeah. yeah. You're not necessarily being selfish, but sometimes your sleep takes priority. Um, 
yeah. you know, your, your health takes priority and, and the way it manifests itself in me is when I start to get headaches. So when I start to get uncontrollable, painful headaches, I know that I'm putting myself to that point that you're talking about right now. Right. And I think what I've noticed is from different people, um, wherever your uh, genetic defects are, just because of, you know, hereditary reasons, mm-hmm. it'll express itself in a different way in you than me, let's say. And, uh, you know, any kind of marker of your health doing that. So you gave an example of a, you know, a bursting blood vessel in the eye. You know, I, I get migraines and I know that's when it's happening. What goes on with you? Did you say that or am I... Well, for me, the only the only real good example I have is like like I said when I uh, turned in a big big deliverable at work, yeah. and then I, yeah. I got sick that morning. <laughs> it was like yeah. nine a.m. I turned it in. Ten a.m. I'm like sneezing and like my head hurts, and I'm I'm announcing like I'm gonna have to go home. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah, I'd be so an immune system shutting down. So man, I'm t- that's a real danger too. Yeah. Yeah. So when it gets to that point and and you don't have to wait until it gets to that point, needless to say, if you feel like you're pushing yourself that direction, you just have to stop. Like sometimes consequences are, uh, you know, more important from within than from without. If you're if your body is like it's you get those warning signs, chill out, relax. Yes. Nothing is that important. and, And also sometimes this is this is hitting me, too, because I'm putting the beautiful bow on the end of my uh, second album i mean it's shaping up nice we're hit we're doing a little listening thing with the group tomorrow and we're going to talk about final details i'm stoked but anyways awesome. feeling good to have that mountain of work almost yeah. finished oh it feels so good but anyways sometimes taking moments to where especially when it's the creative development uh endeavor like making a game it's um sometimes you get more done not doing anything Oh yeah, and, and and sometimes you're like, no, I need to, I need to get this done. I no, 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 I get that, but right now you might do more harm than good. And something that I've noticed really makes you separates you from childish behavior and being adult. As the, the older I get, is knowing when you're coming up to your threshold. Even if you know your threshold is kind of low somewhere, let's say, just be real with yourself. You're like, hey, I'm sensitive in this area. Yeah, and I am reaching my threshold. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't start respecting that stuff, then I don't think you're acting like a true grown up because a true grown up would be like, "Hold on a minute, we got to respect what's getting ready to happen before we have to start raising our voice." <laughs> and uh, and when you start seeing those different things creep up in your life, you got to nip that stuff in the bud, or else it's going to come right in there and stagnate you. And then sometimes the patterns that you establish with the people around you stagnate you. And you will also think that it's your project when it's not really. Because what ends up happening is you come into here, you sit down, and because you're always into a mode of thinking when you're in this environment smelling these smells and touching this keyboard, it kind of triggers the same thought pattern. Yeah. Almost like the dog, the hearing the bell, the experiment. And, um, yeah. And so sometimes you gotta you got to pay attention to the way that you have people influencing your your thoughts too, man. There's just so, like I said earlier, when I, when you first hit me with this, there's so many layers to burn out the diagnosis of it, the layers that you can peel back on it, the remedies, exercise, sunlight. It's just so many, so many things. And, and ultimately I think it comes down to learn yourself, 
you 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 owe it because if it's if it's going to start putting your projects on the line, you owe it to the people you made a promise with and yourself to know yourself well enough to know how can I remain in gosh dang it I can't remember the guy's name but there's like a zone of production have you ever seen that chart I think I know what you're talking about it's like stress and then being too easy that it's dull and yeah. then there's this perfect angle that you can take right um, and that's being in the zone that's where that term comes from and uh, yeah you know I heard this on a podcast recently and the guy brought this up and I was like man that's a great thing to talk about because it's very real and learning yourself and learning your work habits and you know get through that work through that that analyzing your day that alone might help break you up because you might all of a sudden be like oh here's the glaring issue yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, timing is so important sometimes one day off is going to be better than two days on yeah. And and even on a smaller scale, I could probably I could have done some very good blog posts about when I was coding my last game, I I would stay up late and I would push it past the point of exhaustion and I could get up the next morning and I could come up with a code line number like line number 250 in this file is where I got too tired and everything under it is garbage. Like like the next day after I've slept, I will have to rework everything and I, I find bugs that were introduced after you know midnight and all this stuff and it's you know i i know that i'm doing it wrong it's i try to convince myself you know i'm being a hero i'm being a soldier right now and sometimes i'm just acting stupid the, the muppet face i'm making in the webcam is because i'm thinking of situations where i have just completely ruined something there is just way too much reverb on it but you know what i was a kid of the 80s and i'm gonna bring that sound back and then you wake up <laughs> the next morning and it sounds like somebody farting in a warehouse <laughs> right. this is the kind of thing and, and when you're putting in good work you know it you know when you're really in the zone so why do we push ourselves so hard when we're not like pushing yourself is not how you find the zone. It's just the right circumstances. And yeah. so if you can figure out how you best approach that, that zone, then great. Try to reproduce that and don't, uh, don't overdo it or, or it won't be helpful anymore. But I, I don't think anyone very often does their best work because they kept themselves up four extra hours in the middle of the night. It's, it's unusual. So, yeah. and that sort of crosses over into the crunch time thing. Like there are diminishing returns when you've pushed yourself too hard. We all, we all understand that. So as it pertains to returning from burnout, uh, I think it, it almost requires a bit of a passive touch where you need to maybe turn on the Xbox or start hiking or whatever you need to do. And that first moment you start to like, think about it in a positive light and go like, if I was sitting down right now, I would dive back into this and I think I could make a difference. Okay, now it's time to come back. Yeah, yeah, and go if, have fun. If it's a long time and you know that if you made yourself sit down, it would just push that inevitable return two further weeks out, don't don't mess with it. You're not you're not fully cooked again yet. You're, you're still a pile of mush. Yeah. And and learn how to have fun, learn how to have fun again. Right. It's, it's, I, I told somebody recently, like your chances of a runaway lucrative hit in the game industry as an indie 
are so small that if you can't enjoy yourself, there is no point whatsoever. Uh, and in, in this person's case, and I don't think we'll get to talk about it tonight, I was trying to convince the person not to copy an old game he liked because uh, I thought I thought his approach to it might put him in legal trouble. And I uh. said... I said, you're not weighing the, the pros and cons correctly. You're, you're looking at like, how cool would this be? And I'm looking at, if you really copy this game, for one thing, it's, it's very unlikely it's going to be a chart topping anything. And two, whether you think the developer's around now or not, someone's out there. Someone has rights to this thing. And, and you're, you're putting yourself, possibly your family in great danger. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do yeah. that. Don't do that. That's not smart. But burnout's the same way. Like if if you know that you're not ready to come back, don't come back. Yeah. This isn't going to pay your bills. If you think if you're if you're, <laughs> I've said a lot of unpopular things lately, and I feel like I say that every week. But <laughs> uh, if you are furiously developing a game with a plan in mind that you go, it's going to launch this day, and it will pay my bills on X date. It will not. It will yeah. not. Yeah. Come at me. It's not going to happen. I've fallen yeah. into the trap. You'll yeah. fall into the trap. It's very easy to do, but you cannot work on a project on your own time and go like this thing. I can expect the following. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Never do. It's that's pretty true, man. Uh, we have just flown through a tremendous amount of time in, in what I feels know. like 15 minutes. I can't believe it. I know. I know. I think being like half tired. <laughs> uh, actually, I did take a caffeine pill uh, in the afternoon. Oh, I miss I miss those days. <laughs> and, and, and I'm and I'm and I'm in the I'm in the zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got about another good fifteen thirty minutes. Um, yes. <laughs> so it's it's too late to bring up a new topic, perhaps, but it was it was fun to sort of hit a list of things today, and and every once in a while, I think it's beneficial to do this. We'll we'll pick something to sort of deep dive into next week. Hopefully other than news, but it'll be fun to get back into sort of an academic mindset. Yeah. This will be my last show in this goddamn apartment. Uh, oh. This is the last one. Uh, this place will be long burned down by next week. So, <laughs> not really. I'm not going to do that. Um, but no, I'm very excited. I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've got pictures of my new office, which is going to be a recording studio and it's got, nice. it, we're going to be in heaven. It's going to be so cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Google has put out a podcast app. We are already on it. So if you guys are Android users, I know a lot of you are, please check us out there, subscribe there. And if you're over on the iOS side, uh, iTunes could always use your uh, love and affection. We appreciate the subs and we appreciate the reviews and the stars and the insults. I don't care. Uh, I think I, I think we proved last week. Like we're just we're just happy people are around. We're having a good time with this and it's it's working out pretty well. So catch us at CodeRightPlay.com. There'll be show notes. There'll be video, audio, everything you can imagine. And uh, we are always looking for fun new things to talk about and do. Uh, John doesn't get paid, and I don't either. I get paid negative. To keep this thing going. So it's it's strictly for the love. So, <laughs> so so reach out and help make it worth our time. Uh, John, thank you as always. Salute. You guys keep playing, and we will catch you next week.